This is the I Went Down to the River podcast. I'm Dan Walton, and I will sit down with fellow alums and talk about what it meant to be a part of the Hawken football program and wear the wings. We share stories of friendship, memorable games, funny moments, and how football made us who we are. You don't need to be on a bus for these tangs. Now let's go down to the river. It would be easy to introduce today's guest by just mentioning his first name or his jersey number. It would also be easy to talk about his 15-plus school records that he still holds. But his impact on the football program was much more than just statistics. I'm excited to take this trip down to the river and share stories with class of 1988, tailback, safety, return specialist, O.J. McDuffie. OJ, it's great to have you on today. How you doing? Oh, man, Dan, I'm doing great, man. It's good to see you, man. You know, you, you <laughs> that introduction was, uh, I, I appreciate that, man. And I, I remember, uh, you know, coming to Hawking and seeing you as a, as a young kid, man. And now look at you as a grown man, man. I, it's just, it's an honor to be on with you, my brother. Well, it is uh, it is beyond an honor to have you on. And in fact, anytime that uh, I get to spend a little time with you, whether it's in person or uh, chatting otherwise, uh, it's always uh, it's always special. So I'm looking forward to this time we get to share. Yeah, I uh, want to start off like we do uh, with everyone else here, and that is asking you to uh, explain your first Hawking football memory. Well, you know, my first memory of Hawking football it was probably a little different than most people. Um, for me, I didn't want to be in Cleveland when I was in Cleveland. You know, I was really into being in, you know, central Ohio, growing up in Marion, Ohio. And so when I finally got used to where I was, which is Warrensville, you know, my mom said, you know what, you're going to Hawking now. And I was so mad. I was so mad that I wasn't even thinking about Hawking football. <laughs> I, my whole life from age six years old, until like 13, I played football. Then instead of uh, playing at Warrensville at first, I wanted to rebel and tell my mom, you know, that I, I'm done with football. I'm, I'm going to punish her. I'm done with football. Uh, of course, I ended up playing there a couple of years. But then when I got used to being at Warrensville, she said, all right, now you're going to Hawking. And then at that point, I'm like, you know what? I'm done with football again. Yeah, I'm not <laughs> I'm not just trying to punish her, you know? So when I get to Hawking, I'm a tailback all my life, Danny. As you, you know, I was a tailback all my life. I waited so long to get to Hawking and play for your dad that they tried to get me in the position that I could learn the fastest, which became wide receiver. You know what I mean? And so I get there, man, about a week before, like a week or two before first game. And of course, all the guys there have been working their butts off, man. And they were like, you know, one of the hardest working group of guys, you know, it was that Hawking football team. And that all started with your dad and the leadership that we had on that team. You know, the, the Kevin Sleshes and those guys, you know, the Aaron Brants, those guys were the guys that were leaders. And you can already already Haynes, you know, those guys were the leaders right there right away. And the hard work that those guys are putting in, you know, in those two days out there, you could see that this is a hell of a team. And if I'm correct, I believe the year before I got there, before me, Mel and Marcus and all of them, we'll talk about those guys a little bit later, uh, Owen and Will. I think they were what nine and one and didn't make the playoffs. Nine and one in nineteen eighty four. That's correct. Nine and one. That's what I thought, and uh, so I knew I was coming to one hell of a program, bro. And that's all you really asked for. And, and then at that point, I'm just trying to get in where I fit in. Uh, of course, I didn't play much the first couple of weeks. I was still learning the playbook, but I'm gonna tell you what the work ethic, 
uh, the winning tradition, the uh, the way Coach Walton handled that program was my first impression, man. And I knew I always wanted to be part of something winning. And I was hoping I would be a guy that could make it a little bit better. And that was uh, that was pretty much my first impression, man. Pretty much just getting there late, finding a position to play, and then, uh, you know, and then the, them trying to implement me into, on the team somehow. That's great that you mentioned uh, some of the specific leaders from that team and the leadership that was definitely evident um, on on the team in the upper class. Um, with football being just the ultimate team game and needing all 11 players to come together and do their job, um, explain how the building of relationships and trust is so essential to just creating that team atmosphere. Man, it's... It- yeah, it's, I mean, it's a cliche, of course, man, but football is no doubt about it, the, the ultimate team sport. I mean, they're, they're really, no matter what, both sides of the football, you spend so much time together and you have to work in such unison together that, you know, if you don't, you know, you're going to, you're, you're bound to fail. And I think we did so much stuff away from the football field that we gained that trust and love and respect for each other. Uh, you know, from, from the breakfasts at somebody's house on Saturday morning before we went to games, um, you know, to, to the McDonald's, you know, hamburger eating contest, you know, at the end of training camp to, you know, all the things that we did, you know, as a group, you know, it made us play better and bond better as a team, you know, when it came Saturday, Saturday afternoon until it became now Friday nights. But, you know, those Saturday afternoon games were, were so special to us, man. And, you know, and I, I think the fact that we had the great leadership, I've seen some bad leadership and there's some bad leadership out there where you've got some upperclassmen that are doing the wrong things, half-stepping, half-assing, and it trickles down to the younger guys. You know, we had guys that did it the right way. And if, if they saw young guys not doing it the right way, they called them out on it, man. And so I think the fact that when we did hang out, we're doing things the right way. uh, I think that bonded us and made us a better team, you know, per se. And not only that, man, we, you know, we worked our butts off during preseason, worked off during the season. But then after that, you know, when it got time for these guys to go into other sports, it seemed like most of us played the same sports moving forward. You know, basketball, most of us, some of the wrestling, then baseball, you know, some of the track. But it seemed like we're always together. And I think that helped us out uh, in terms of bonding. So we did a lot of things together, man, and made us stronger in, as individuals, but it made us even better as a team. Yeah, for sure. So as a sophomore at Hawken, uh, a freshman at Penn State, and then your rookie year in Miami, uh, tell us about upperclassmen or veterans on those teams who had an impact on your development, both on and off the field. Yeah, you know, I, I, I looked at Artie a lot, Artie Haynes a lot, but, um, you know, because he's running back and I want his position, you know, that, <laughs> but he was way bigger than me and faster than me, you know, so that was a tough one to do. I, Kevin Slash and I had become really good friends, you know, um, Kevin was a, he was a hell of a leader. You know, he wore 24, which is a number that I always wanted as well because my Uncle Humble wore it. And then, then Marcus Teague took it. And so I got my 32. Uh, that's how that, that all worked out. Uh, but but Kevin was a real good guy. And I love, you know, Aaron Brandt, my quarterback. You always got to love your quarterback. Uh, we all played baseball together as well. So that was always, uh, you know, some 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 good stuff right there, man. I, I love those guys right there. And then when I got to Hawking, I mean, when I got to Penn State, you know, it was kind of tough. It was a tough adjustment. Because, as you know, I went after my sophomore year wide receiver, I went back to tailback, you know, for my junior and senior year. But then when I got to Penn State, I went back to wide receiver, which is what I wanted to do anyways. I was 175 playing in the Big Ten or we're playing independent schedule then. But I'd have got my ass tore up 
if I try to play running back at that size, you know? And uh, so it was kind of nice that I got an opportunity to go back to wide receiver. But, you know, guys like uh, Terry Smith, who's one of the coaches there now, and Dave Daniels, and, you know, those guys are my the leaders. They were only a year ahead of me, and they knew I was coming to take their position, but they were great guys to look up to. Uh, worked hard, great in the classroom, did things the right way, the off-season program. You know, your dad will tell you, I hated lifting weights. You know, Coach Moses, they'll, they'll tell you, I hated lifting weights. But, shit. It was part of it, but I hated doing it. Those guys showed me that you have to get bigger, got to get stronger to go to that next level. So uh, watching those guys work, um, you know, also going to Penn State where, hell, we ran the ball 90% of the time, you know, being willing to go out there and block and get my nose dirty and, you know what I mean, and and, and not worry about catching passes, that was a tough deal. That was a tough deal, especially from a guy like me who was used to handling the rock a lot, right? You know? And that's another story we'll talk about about your dad. When we talk a little bit about your dad, your dad, <laughs> <laughs> your dad had to teach me how to be a team player, man. But I wasn't used to that, so it was. Uh, I was used to it, but I still like he kind of um, spoiled me. I put it that way. My last couple of years there, you know, well, I was kind of spoiled leading up to there, and all the way all the way through till I got to college, where I had to you know take another back seat until they figured it out again, which was great. So uh, then I get to Miami and. um, you know, it was that was another deal where we just got some receivers in. Irvin Fryer, Mark Ingram, Tony Martin were all there. Uh, Mark Duper was still on the roster. Um, you know, Scotty Miller, Mike Williams. Uh, we had a bunch of guys, and it's like a bunch of grown men. I always say, Danny, yeah. it was a bunch of grown men, and I'm still a kid coming out of college. <laughs> right, let's have some, but I was really dealing with some grown ass yeah. men, you know. And uh, I thought, you know, playing at Penn State, you know, playing against USC, playing against Texas, playing against Notre Dame, playing against UM. You know, that's big time football. I said, man, I can, I can make this jump, this leap. No, it was not. It was not easy at all, man. Because you got guys that went to like Middle Tennessee State that are like grown, <laughs> strong men that can ball. Everybody's <laughs> professional, you know. I went against a couple of guys at UM that didn't even make the pros, so I, I was killing them, you know. But when you get to that next level, you, know, you got all these grown men that can go out there and actually they can play. So that was another learning curve. But guys like Urban Fryer, man, you know, we got into it one time. I'll tell you about it. We were uh, during training camp, him and about five guys jumped me, taped me up, and threw me in the cold tub, right? You know me, man. I wasn't, I had a little, I had a little bit of an attitude when I was playing, you know? A little fight back. Uh, yeah, hell yeah. So it was like five minutes before meeting, you know, and I'm sitting there in the cold tub, and the trainer comes and cuts me out. Uh, you know, I'm trying to dry off. I get to the meeting about two minutes late. I go in and I'm yelling, I'm cussing, I'm ready to fight everybody that was involved. You know, Coach Shula's like, what's going on? Hey, what's going on back there? I was like, F these dudes, Coach, man. They taped me up, threw me in the cold tub. I want to get a one-on-one with all these guys. I was ready to fight the whole team, you know what I mean? Urban Fryer was the first one to get in my face, you know, and he's a religious guy at this point. You know, he's going through his trouble in life and stuff. And, you know, I was cursing at him. And he was like, don't, don't first of all, don't be cursing at me. He's ready. We was ready to fight. You know what I mean? Coach Shula, you know, and the, and the team, it kind of broke it up. We never really got into it. But from that point on, I became his rookie. You know what I mean? He said, don't nobody mess with OJ. He's my rookie. And from nice. then on, I had a shield. I was protected from the rest of the uh, from the rest of the veterans, man. And, you know, I learned a lot from him. From on and off the field stuff, man, just learning the game. There's so much more to learn about football than I had learned, you know, growing up in Warrensville, playing for Hawking, uh, playing at Penn State. Because the game was so different at the ne- at that at that last level, man, and uh, that was the biggest part, man. So those are the people, pretty much, that 
you know, that with the different influence and you know, those different levels uh, into Urban Fryer, I became that guy to a lot of young guys afterwards, like Chris Chambers and stuff like that. You know, and uh, I still talk to a lot of those guys now, even on the current team. Jarvis Landry's one of my one good friends right now. You know, so it's like it's, it's all part of it, man. I think that's a, that football family uh, just uh, it never gets much smaller. It just continues to grow. Yeah, that's exactly right. That was what I was going to ask you next is uh, so when it's your turn to be that upperclassman or your turn to be that vet, uh, what did you want to make sure that you imparted on those younger players? Yeah, I just want to make sure, especially at Hawking, man, the the the, uh, the bar was set so high as a leader, you know, for that for that team. You know, we talked about, you know, slushing in the branch my sophomore year. And then, you know, you've got, you know, Dan Felt and you've got, you know, uh, Noonan. We got all these guys. I think Jim Liss was on that team at that point, too. You know, we had all these great leaders through and through, but I think they all learned it from the guys previous, you know. And so when it was our turn to be leaders at Hawking, you know, we had to make sure we didn't let everybody down. You know, you know, we talked about the nine and one before I got there, 10 and 0, you know, after, you know, we got there, didn't make the playoffs my sophomore year. 12 and one, I believe my junior year, um, you know, and we got into the playoffs and just missed. I just missed us going to the state championship with that damn field goal. You know what I mean? And then yeah. finally getting there our senior year, um, it, it, you know, we had a lot to live up to. We had such great leaders leading coming into that our senior year. And we had such high expectations because we had fallen short, you know, not getting in, just missing state championship, get to the state championship. So, uh, we, we took it serious, man. And, you know, the group of seniors that I played with, um, you know, we, we worked our butts off, man. And we uh, we went out there and we had a target on our back at that time, Danny. You know, we couldn't we couldn't sneak up on anybody. They knew who we were. They knew everybody wanted a piece of us and we and we want a piece of anybody that want to get some, you know. And uh, that was the best thing about it, man. So uh, it was nice to have some of the younger guys, you know, Tony Twyman. He's still my little brother down here. You know, uh, he's a little guy that I, that I brought along kind of with me. And when I went to college, you know, my mom still took care of him. He was still like a little brother. I said, Tony, we still doing it in my house, man. I'm not even there anymore. You <laughs> know what I mean? So, yes, yeah, so that's a, <laughs> so that was really cool, man. So it was just important for us to make sure we continue that, that Hawking tradition of leadership that uh, taught us all how to be good leaders and how to taught us all how to work hard, man. And kind of same thing at Penn state, you know, get in where you fit in, at the beginning, you know, Blair Thomas was one of our captains, man. He was just a great leader for us. And then, uh, you know, as I got to my sophomore year, I became one of the guys that guys looked up to, man, just from just the work and getting my opportunities to go out there and play. Nobody could run with me the distance-wise. I mean, there's some guys faster than me, but, you know, we were doing workouts and sprints, and, you know, my stamina was second to none. And they, they I guess they, they kind of envied that, but it also showed that, you know, no matter what my status was, I'm, I'm going to bust my ass the whole time, you know, and, and that was – um I mean, that was just part of it, man. And by the time I was a senior, you know, I was one of the captains and, you know, looking up at these, all these little young jits trying to figure out how to get it done, man. I might not have been the best captain at, at Penn State because I was just trying to do too much, play baseball, you know, talking to girls, you know, play, you know, play football. It was just way too much going on in Penn State, you know. But uh, finally got my act together, man, in order to get, you know, a hell of a career there and, and, and be able to, you know, move on to the next level. Um, and then, you know, it's so funny with, with the Dolphins, man, because, you know, you look at college or you look at high school, you got three or four years, you got college, you got four or five years in the pros. You could have nine, 10, 11 years, you know? So for me to get to the point, my third year where I was starting, you know, um, wasn't quite captain, but like captain of, of my group for the most part, uh, guys are starting to trickle off. 
and then to actually be a captain at times with Dan Marino on the team, to win MVP with Dan Marino on the team uh, twice, you know, stuff like that. That showed me that there's a lot of, um, you know, I had a lot of people that respected what I was doing on the football field. So um, that, that, was, that was awesome, man. At the, towards the end of my career, when I've got that situation and got, got a, a good group of guys that I'm, I'm working with, uh, that we that can never get over the edge, can never get to the top where we wanted to be. But at the same time, though, we uh, we had a good group of people. So, you know, seemed like the most more than anything. I think with any group, you know, you start off with you know humble in the back, and then if you bust your ass, you become a leader. And that that's kind of how my career worked with those three different teams. Yeah. So always always a tremendous example by your work ethic and ability. Uh, 87 season, you're selected by your teammates and peers as one of the four captains, along with Andy Pay, Dave Henkel, and Terry Brennan. So put you in sort of that different role of, yeah, it's not just about now my example, but it's also my voice and how I'm going to lead with that and uh, be out front a little bit more on this team. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. And those guys right there were great leaders. Great examples of leaders, different positions, you know, different parts of the football field, but always came together. We all had the same kind of mindset, man. And, you know, and it's 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 really it's it's really fun to think back to how, you know, you think about those guys, not very big guys, but tough as hell guys. You know, we were never bigger than anybody. Oh, <laughs> you love this. Can you see that? Is that Dan? Yeah. Marino's yeah. calling me right now. I'm about to call me back. <laughs> 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 the irony of that whole thing, right? Yeah, just, he, uh, his ears were uh, yeah. ting tingling. <laughs> I'll call him back. Uh, but uh, yeah, but those guys, man, they busted their ass, man. They really did. And then they were just fun. We kind of grew up together there, you know, sophomore, junior, and then obviously senior, we became senior captains on that team. And, you know, they also, you know, been at Hawking for a little while and they taught me a lot about what it was, man. But we had such an um, attitude about going out there and winning it all because of what had happened to us, you know, in previous years. And uh, just, you know, by example, we went out there and worked our butts off, man. And just fun being part of that group alone uh, with with the other seniors that weren't captains, you know. But when you get that honor and your teammates choose that guy, man, that's that's the ultimate honor. Any Special, award that you yeah. get from, you know, outside the locker room is nice. But the ones inside the locker room where they recognize your leadership skills, your abilities, uh, that's way more special than anything else. That's exactly exactly right because those are the guys that you're sweating with every day for yeah. all the uh, all the weeks and all the months. Uh, take those other three captains and give me give me like one word or or maybe a little descriptor for each of them as far as either the type of leader they were or the type of player. Let's go, Dave Hankel first. Oh, Dave Hankel, man. Well, first of all, he's a swimmer, which is hard for me to <laughs> hard for me to there, imagine. There are many of them. <laughs> <laughs> It's hard for me to imagine a swimmer being a good football player, man. But I'll tell you what, he was slippery. I think that, <laughs> that's probably because he's out there a little wet, you know. Uh, Dave Hinkle was just a just a, a fun guy, smart as hell. Uh, they're all, and that's one thing I'm going to use with all of them. They're all super smart. You know, you don't go to Hawk and, and play football for Coach Walton and get through there if you don't have, if you're not smart. And all those guys are super smart. Uh, Dave was just tough, man, playing fullback playing some linebacker, you know, playing both ways. And I think that's a, a, a thing for both, for a lot of guys. A lot of guys play both ways at Hawking, as you know, because we didn't have the numbers to, you know, to have an offense and defense a lot of times. But for him to play the two, what I call toughest positions in football, you know, football, fullback and then linebacker, I mean, he, he was, it was fun. 
And not only that, he had some speed, had some decent hands out of the backfield, and we were able to sneak the ball to him every once in a while, man. He scored some big touchdowns for us, man. But just a great leader, man. But the fact that he was a swimmer, I think that showed his, uh, his agility. You know, dude was flexible as hell. You know, where all of us are stiff, this dude could probably touch his toes five times over. You know what I mean? Uh, but just like I said, just a great guy, great leader, man, and uh, just just fun to work with for the most part. Terry Brennan. Terry, man, Terry, I was just I was just talking to Terry the other day or we were texting back and forth, man. Terry and I went on a road trip to Notre Dame one summer, you know, just to go check it out, man. And, you know, I I, I signed a couple of jerseys for him the other day and sent them back. And I was like, man, you imagine that one trip we had one summer to Notre Dame. I ended up going to Penn State. And now, look, I got this opportunity to be in Miami. You know, what I mean, it was pretty, pretty cool stuff, man. But, you know, Terry, you know the best thing about Terry is, you know, he got voted captain and Terry, we didn't use him hardly at all. You know, he played tight end, you know, he blocked more than anything or deceptive. We gave him a couple, you know, biscuits there, you know, every <laughs> once in a while to keep him happy, you know, but, he, but he's a guy that never complained about it. You know, he just worked his ass off all the time and just kept continuing to be that great team player, man. And a really good friend of mine, you know, so uh, it was just, it was fun having Terry as one of the captains uh, because you think about it, you know, Dave got opportunities to carry the ball fullback. You know, he got a lot of opportunities to make tackles at, at, at you know, at that linebacker. I got a chance to catch the ball and do a lot of different things. He was a quiet captain in terms of like, it wasn't about what he did on the field in terms of production, but about how he was as a teammate, you know, how he was as a leader. And uh, that was, that was the best thing. And one of the things I remember most about Terry, man, and just a, just a great guy and fun to fun to be a teammate with. And uh, who knows what that road trip ended up doing for me. I think it did a lot for me. You probably have a much different interpretation of him than I do as a, <laughs> as a young kid, but I remember him just being a little bit on the quieter side. Yeah, exactly. Right. He was extremely quiet, man. Okay. Just humble and quiet, man. I didn't yeah. know what he was like when, uh, <laughs> When no one was around. So <laughs> so that takes us to uh, the fourth member, which is Andy Pay. Yeah, Andy, big lineman, man. Him uh, playing opposite big male. You know, uh, those two, man, they were they were fun to watch. He's so, so strange because other than those two, I was bigger than my offensive line at, at tailback. You know what I mean? The rest Small, of the guys. Small, quick guards. Yeah, Small, Robert quick guards Zide, all those guys. Yeah, it was, uh, it was interesting how that all worked out, man. But they were so good powerful you know coach has wrestlers down there in the trenches you know they can get underneath guys and play with leverage and stuff like that but uh andy was, man, he was another great leader smart as hell like we talked about the other guys man and uh you know andy i thought you know his size i thought you know he was gonna be you know uh not as tough as he was but he was tough as, as nails man you know he was tough as nails and he and, and, and you know he went out there and beat you more with his mind you know, positioning and body wise, you know, in certain in terms of uh, the way he beat guys out there. But no, another great leader in terms of uh, his work ethic, uh, the way he went out and worked with with the guys, and you know, showed them how to do it. He wasn't a big talker either. I don't know if anybody. Dave might have been the biggest talker out of all of us. You know, because you know we know that Terry didn't talk much. Andy talked some. I think Hinkle might have talked more than anybody of the, of the captains, man. And I came in probably in second uh, at that point, but. You know, it was it was great. And he was a great guy, man. I've talked to him a lot since, man. And I think that's kind of the uh, the common theme right here. You know, I still I'm still in contact with a lot of these guys. And uh, sometimes, you know, you leave, especially after high school, and there's only a couple of guys you communicate with. Uh, but, you know, it's good that I've been able to communicate with these guys, my former captain buddies. That is great. Uh, similar situation for myself and everyone else that I talked to. Uh, it, it was special and that family and that brotherhood and 
people are keeping in touch with their classmates and people above and below by a year or two. So yeah. it's just, yeah. uh, it's a great little example of, uh, the power of that Hawking football program. Uh, we're going to, we're going to take a, uh, a couple of traditions from high school and I'm going to throw them out and I'm going to see what your thoughts are. If you have any memories of them, if they were uh, traditions that you enjoyed or, or not, but the first one we're going to do is fudge. <laughs> you have any memories of uh, eating that fudge the day before the game? Fudge was great. Fudge was, fudge was one of the best things about one of the best things we did at, at Hawking because one, you know, for one, I didn't have a girlfriend, so I was cool with fudge. I didn't have to worry about fudge, yeah. but the, the guys that had girlfriends that made fudge, that was the best. Can I curse on this? Hey. The best. This that was the best shit ever, man. <laughs> it it really was, damn man, because it was our time to really give. And the fudge could be the best fudge in the world. And so sometimes what, what it makes was. it good fudge? Well, you know, it's got to be it's got to be thick and rich. You know what I mean? We've had some runny ass fudge. You know, runny what I mean? is not good. Gritty, no. gritty, where you taste each yeah, sugar exactly. grain. Still, it not hasn't good. been ground up right. Yeah, it could be really thin. You know what I mean? <laughs> You gotta, you gotta really put it in on the fudge, man. But when there was an occasional good fudge, you still had to give whoever's girl, or, you know, we had to give them the business about it, man. You know what <laughs> I mean? You can never let them off the hook. It, it was never that good, even though it might have been. You know what I mean? So that was one of the best traditions ever, man. On Friday, man, getting that fudge and you know seeing the player whose girlfriend or maybe even mom or somebody made it <laughs> get a little embarrassed. That man was outstanding, bro. It was outstanding. Oh, for sure. Um, claiming the field. Do you yeah. remember that pregame? Nothing like it. Uh, three steps out. You know, I'm going to tell you this, man. Planting the dirt, claiming the field. I tell people about that all the time, man. You That's know, my then, favorite tradition. That was it, my favorite. Like, it's, I loved it's, it. it. It's unbelievable, man. I loved us taking our own dirt to whatever field we were going to. You know, I love the, the pregame, you know, you know, Dan, where are you going to put it? Where are you going? Dan, where are you going to yeah. put it? You going to put it right here? You know what I mean? That was some of the best height. You couldn't get more excited for a game. You know, I know my tradition was, you know, going to the right goalpost and three steps out, two steps in, you know, for 32, my number, you know, just to implant my dirt in the end zone and things like that, man. Claiming the field was one of the greatest traditions in football, you know, and, and people didn't understand what we were doing. Even when we went on some of those synthetic fields, man, we still, we still took our dirt. We're going to still make it, you know, we're going to make it dirty for you. Know what I mean? Oh, man, there is a uh, story from that. My goodness. Uh, 1993, my sophomore year, we went over to Perry High School and they have this just gorgeous, immaculate new stadium and turf. And we go over there and that was our first time in I don't know how long playing on uh, turf. And so the captains of that year dig up the dirt and they bring it over in that little ceramic dish or whatever mug. And we get to the field and we start claiming their turf with it and just smearing it on it. And like, I was talking to someone about this recently, like, what are we like? Horrendous, horrendous awareness, just (laughs) terrible. So like their site manager and athletic director comes storming out and they're like calling us from 50 yards away. And I get it. And I like, I think, (laughs) <laughs> I, I was talking about it with a teammate and I like we apologized. It was like, that was our bad. We should not right. have done that. So the new thing was then we would take water from our well <laughs> and we would claim the turf fields with the water. So that would be the way that we wouldn't get ourselves into trouble. Right, right. But the troublemakers. Yeah. But I like how you you had a system for it and not everyone did. But the people that I think really appreciated that tradition did. And mine, as 
Jersey number three, I went to each of the four pylons and I took three steps away. And that yeah. was where I put a little bit of it. Yeah, and some man. guys just grabbed it and it was just like chucking it over their shoulder yeah. or whatever. And it's like, <laughs> let's move on to the next thing. But it was interesting to see the ones that really valued and sort of accepted that as this is special because yeah, it is know, my, about making it our field. Yeah, my whole thing, Danny, man, I planned on visiting that dirt. You know what I mean? Uh, hopefully a couple of times that game, you know, and so I had to do it in both end zones. I don't know which way we're going to be going, but I'm I'm coming back to this dirt. You know what I mean? And that's going to be pay dirt, you know, and I, it, it was such a great tradition, man. You know, it's it's, it's really good to go out there and, and get used to a, a surface you're going to be playing on and, you know, what I mean, make it your own. And that's what we did. We, we were playing a home game no matter where we went. And and speaking of that, man, our fans, they, they traveled, you know, we wherever we went. Our fans were, man, because we were at that point, I think, must see TV. And, it, and sure. we brought it, man. It was so much fun, man. So, yeah, I plan on revisiting that dirt uh, in that game at some point. And more often than not, it worked out. I saw it again. <laughs> I, I would love to know what the opposing teams and the people that were there for pregame who, who witnessed that spectacle, what must have been going through their mind. <laughs> yeah, a bunch of crazy What's <laughs> a crazy private school kids? What's wrong with these guys? This is experiments. What is this? So, do you remember your senior year? Who the person was that was handing it out, and then at the end, you were calling out where you're going to put it. Yes, it was. Because uh, we've we've had some. I think crazy, it was Arnoff. I think Arnoff it, did it for us at the end. Because we've had some crazy people that would ingest the last oh, pinch. I mean, just crazy <laughs> stuff. Like anything to get their teammates going, right? Yeah, I want to say I, I want to say it was Steve Ardolph that was our crazy guy, man. And and you've got to have that guy. I believe I'm not, yeah. If you don't have that guy, it's, it's not the same. You know what I mean? You can't have a docile, quiet guy. No. Like, hey, Dad, where are you going to put it? You know, no, you, maybe you, over no. here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Should I put it here? No. <laughs> no, you got to have somebody that's going to bring it, man. You know what I mean? So, yeah, oh, that was, is that great. <laughs> um, Zonks. I, I just love. I just love seeing our helmets line up, man. You know what I mean? I used to love first zonk always team win. You know what I mean? And that was more important than anything. That was the most important zonk. And we had a bunch of those, you know, uh, 10 of them one year, 12 another year, 12 another year, you know, just on team wins alone. Those are the more important ones, man. You know, achieving team goals, always important, you know. Uh, I think that's the thing that coach always taught me more than anything, man, is everything was about team first. Then we're throwing some individual stuff at the end, you know. And so to look at the back of those helmets, you know, it's hard to see your own unless it's sitting down. But when you see your teammates and you're doing yeah. stretches or whatever, you see all those zonks lined up. It's a sign of success. It's a sign of success as a team, you know. And, um, you know, I'm glad they were so small because if they were any bigger like the Buckeyes, dude, you would, we'd run out of room. We were so successful, you know. I mean, I think at one time – my senior year, I don't know, had 80, 100 something. I might have had 80 or 100 zonks. You know what I mean? Wow. I tried to average about, I was trying to average about seven or eight zonks a game if I could somehow, <laughs> some way, you know? That, <laughs> that was like the goal, you know? And then uh, it gets a little crowded at times. So I, I loved it, man. Great tradition, um, you know? And it, like I said, starting off that team zonk, that was that was outstanding, man. And team goals, that was, that was huge. So that first W of each season, and we're in the field house and we're handing out those zonks. I remember every, like I mean, like clockwork, my dad would give the exact same instructions for how to put the hawk of that zonk. Because as he would say, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't have known this part of it until I was on his staff. If you just let these sophomores put stickers on their helmets, 
you're not going to like what you see and they're going to be all over the place and it's going to look like their folder going to class. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's, you know what, it's part of that team leadership, bro. You know yeah. what I mean? Let the, let the older Don't guys assume they know yeah. the right thing to do. Don't assume. <laughs> it would be all over the place. And you got to start, you know, in the back and work your way up and the, everything was perfect about it, yeah. bro. Yeah, Absolutely it was clean. Perfect, it was clean. Clean as hell. Uh, the last one we're gonna we're gonna talk about is the orangutans or the tangs on the bus ride oh, home man. from away games. Another tradition, man, that starts off slow <laughs> and goes to a big old crescendo, man. And it's not good until Coach Walton has to stand up and tell everybody <laughs> to clean it up. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> otherwise, you know, they were terrible. And that's the thing about it too, man. It's it's, it's things like that, man. You you don't think about as much. But the amount of success we had, like I was just saying earlier, man, we we every field was our field, and you know we go on the road and we we win, you know we we what we lose one on the road and then two on the road, playoff game, yeah, championship game. We we only lost three games, mm-hmm. you know, twelve and one, and then twelve and two. So you know the WRA game that that I don't even count that one. That was a that was a terrible. I couldn't <laughs> believe they did that to us there, man. You know what I mean? It is what it is right now, but we got in that bus on the way back, and the orangutans, man, start get start again with you know team stuff. You know how successful the team was going down to the river. You know, then it got then it got filthy. <laughs> they got start filthy. they start as storytelling from the win, right? And then there's the one guy who decides to just take the train off the rails. <laughs> And once again, going back to when I was on my dad's staff, it was uncomfortable sitting up front there because you're like, <laughs> see, listen to you, you now wanna, as, as an adult, you want to look, you want to look back there and shoot eyes and be like, what are you doing? Like, don't go there. <laughs> Dude, we had some guys, man. I think like Marcus T, he always had something, something slick to say. Was he you one of the better? I mean? Yeah. Oh man, slick. He was always one of those guys that was gonna might get in trouble from coach. You know? <laughs> hey, that that was some that was that was one of the best traditions. And you only did it if you won. Only. You only did it if you won. Otherwise, a quiet trip home. And nobody wants a quiet trip yeah. home. You know, even a short trip from US back to camp, you got to get them in real quick. Oh, you know it I mean? is rapid fire on That's that. Because right. you only have about 12 minutes. That's it, man. You got you to get them in, man. It was fun, bro. We, we've had bus drivers ask our transportation directors to be off of the duty of taking the football team because it's just so crazy on the way home from wins that they're like, hey, uh, I don't want to be a part of that anymore. They're too crazy when they win. Oh, man. Oh, man. Hey, he doesn't want to be a part of winning. Then. Tell him he, we don't yeah, need right. him on the bus. We need somebody that's going to shoot a ring and tang back themselves. You know what I mean? So who over, over the PA system? Yeah, right. So who was weak? Who was bad when it came to tanks? Was there someone where like you guys were just getting ready to boo him out? Oh, man, that's a good question. I think some of the I think Will Appling wasn't very wasn't very good. Um Mel, Mel's a poet, but he was all right. You know what I mean? He thought he was smarter than everybody else. And he thought he was a rapper kind of deal. You know, rhymes are kind of weak, you know. But uh, I don't know. I I, I mean, I, I really sat back myself. And I, I might have done a couple, but I sat back there laughing more than anything. And when too. they started getting on each other's girlfriends or moms, yeah. and you know, which is totally uncalled for. And, and you, know, you probably can't even do it these days now, the way things are. Uh, but I, I sat back and just laughed, Danny, man. These guys, so creative. You know, I think some of them had it brewing for like a week. 
they couldn't wait to bust a couple of them out because they've been thinking about it all week what they're going to maybe oh, some get back from a week before. Yeah. You know, you might have got on somebody and they say, all right, wait till the next win. I got something for your ass. You know, there was a lot of rehearsal going on with some of these guys. Yeah. And 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 the the really uncomfortable ones were when the sophomores decided to speak up and chime in because the seniors were like almost like out of their seat, just waiting to jump on them. And if they hesitated for a half second, they owned them and they just cat called them, booed them. It was over. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's tough, man. As a sophomore, man, you I mean, you you really want to be quiet. You want to blend in with the grass a lot of times in sophomores, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? You really do. But when you step up in that form, you better bring it or you're going to get it. You're going to get it bad. You know what I mean? <laughs> that, that is exactly right. Um, those are like the major traditions. Were there any other ones that you that you remember from that uh, stuck out? Yeah, I love uh, you know, jogging up and down the road, man. You know what I mean? I love that. You know, you hit that road, you're running. Yeah. You know, Um I, I love, you know, only walk it on game day, only on game, only day, on man. game day, only on game day, man. And I, I just love the fact that we have such um, tradition and respect and, you know, rules. Football is about a bunch of rules, man. You know, guys that break the rules, uh, your team's not going to be very good. That means yep. you got individuals. You see yep. it all the time still to this day, but most of the teams that do well, they got a bunch of guys who abide by the rules and they play well together, man. And, you know, that's one of those rules that, you know, are second to none. And it's it's a it's a small detail, but it's a major detail, you know. Um, and you see other guys starting to walk on that road, you let them have it. You give them the business, man. And nobody really did it because they know better than that, man. And and that lets you know that people's minds are in the right, in the right space, in the right place where they're going to go out there and go to work, you know, and practice uh, and, and get it done, man. And, you know, it, it's better to have that little jog than get up there and coach makes around five laps around the field to get warmed up, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah i love i love that tradition i love the two days eating over there in the little pavilion or whatever you know and packing our lunch and you know laying down it seemed like for like two seconds even though it might have been uh, who knows how much time coach gave us you know nobody had a watch on at that point <laughs> but but just just things like that man it was just always um always some great hawking tradition uh, uh getting the jerseys you know uh, you know, as a senior, it was easy. Junior and senior was easy. But I remember a couple of times when I was young, you know, being the, the last guy. What I, I, I'm trying to think, what number did I have? I think I did get 32 right away. You were 32 that, right away, yeah. Yeah, I think I got 32 right away. But I I was looking – I was really looking to get 24 uh, because of my Uncle Homer. Uh, but 32 was, a, you know, a perfect number still with that OJ. And that was really the only time, you know, Hawking was the only time I ever wore 32, you know. Everywhere else, I, I wore, you know, I got to Penn State, I wore 45. Yeah. And then, you know, because 24 wasn't available. As soon as 24 was available. And 32 definitely wasn't available because Blair Thomas had it. You know what I mean? He was a senior stud, you know, number two overall pick in the draft the following year. Uh, and then when 24 became available, I jumped on it. Um, but, yeah, man, it was just I – mean, there's so much great tradition, man. And, and the most important tradition we had there was winning. We, we won a lot of games, man. And and we had to pick on pick up bigger and better opponents because, you know, the, the state didn't like us. They didn't like us running through these little schools. So we had to go play bigger teams and supposedly better teams. And 
we ran through their ass too. You know what I mean? It didn't matter. Chagrin Falls and, you know, teams like that. That was, that mm-hmm. was fun stuff, man. It was fun seeing us going up against those big guys. And they thought that we we're some little punk ass private school, you know, over in Gates Mills. And then next thing you know, we're running around through by and everything else with these dudes, man. It was, it was fun. Yeah, for sure. On that one. I, I love how special the Saturday afternoon game days were. Mm-hmm. I mean, like the night and the lights and the turf are fantastic now. But it's different yeah. because I grew up with the Saturday afternoon. And yeah. so that just has like a, a little different place in my heart and, and the memories of waking up and doing the team breakfast at someone's house, yeah. driving to the school. And when you get in your locker, um, guys were grabbing their game cleats and they were painting the them white cleats. and make, taking that red marker and making sure that that swoosh or swipe or whatever puma rocket whatever we were yeah. that year yeah. was crisp and red and it looked appropriate you, no one went and walked the road to that field with dirt on their shoes or anything that looked anything less than clean and their best yeah and that's you know that's part of it right there man you know what i mean look good play good look good play you know good. what i mean and our uniforms were sharp the uniforms are sharp i think we actually got the new uniforms my junior year yeah. You know what I mean? And that was like, we, we we busted them bad boys out, man. And when you do shit like that, you better bring it. You know what <laughs> I mean? And we 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 were ready to bring it, man. We had the pro socks starting that year. You know what I mean? And we yeah. were like, we it was like, we were like, we were legit. We were legit. And you're right about that Saturday afternoon game, man, because, you know, I actually went to a few Friday night games, you know, against, you know, maybe Warrensville might have been playing, you know, go watch those guys play. But when it came Saturday, we had standing room only because we were everybody played on Friday. There was a lot of people out there, and we didn't know right. how many other players from other teams were out there watching us play on Saturday afternoon. You know, and we made it a lot easier for the other team to come scout us because they played on Friday. They came and scouted on Saturday. We did. You know, just like your dad, you guys go stop scout on Fridays when we had a Saturday game. Same mm-hmm. thing, you know. But come see what you're about to get into. Please come watch. I, I just look, remember being out there and watching that field, and I see people along the fences. You know, it was standing room only a lot of games. You know, on that Saturday afternoon, once they once the word got out about who we were, it was just like, you know, come one, come all, man. And it was packed. It was packed in that little stadium, man. You know, and, and uh, it was it was it was fun, man. And we always enjoyed going out there and putting on the show, man. We were such a um, a disciplined team. You know, what I mean, uh, we made very few mistakes, didn't turn the ball, ball over very much. You know, I mean, and we took advantage of all missed opportunities from other teams, I think, man. And and that was that was huge for us, man. But that you said it best, man. That Saturday afternoon, I'm gonna tell you one thing that we were stupid about is the race to the state to, to, to the facility. Yeah. I mean, we that was like dumb dumb. We were like dummies, young dummies at that point, man. Yeah, and Mel had the slowest car, you know, <laughs> probably of everybody, you know what I mean? So there's no way we we're gonna beat anybody to the stadium unless we just ran every single light, you know what I mean? So <laughs> <laughs> but uh but yeah man we got there mostly knock on wood safe and sound man and you know pretty much got us in the mind of playing fast playing quick putting on those uniforms like you're talking about man and making sure we looked our best our, our sunday best and uh and going out there man and dominating yeah for sure uh so we talked about the sophomore season that uh 1985 season how it was a 10 and 0 season no postseason because Football has always been the only Ohio State sanctioned sport that does not let everyone make uh, and qualify for the postseason. So uh, you had to earn your way in. And back then it was 
two teams from the region, I think in 85 or four. And so we, we just missed out right. and to go 10 and 0 and not be able to make the postseason and have to, uh, have things end like that. I can't imagine how frustrating that must be because you're looking on the outside saying, uh, we belong with the teams that are playing week 11, yet we can't. Right. Uh, you had a really, a really strong first season in the, in the football program. Like you said, you were a wide receiver to start, um, that 51 catch 780 yards and 12 TDs in that season are all still tops in the records for a single season. Um, but you also mentioned right? I didn't know that. that yeah, for, yeah, for a those, sophomore. For a sophomore? No, in total. Those still hold for single season. Come on. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. Hey, Aaron Brandt, man. A B throw me that rock. Yeah. <laughs> and so uh you talked about how you were coming in as a running back and you get put to wide receiver with Artie Haynes at running back and all that. That was tough. That had to be tough, right? Yeah, it, it was tough, man. It really was, man. But it was a lot easier when, you know, I sat there and I, I saw Artie. I saw him work. I saw how big he was, how fast he was. He was already committed to Purdue, I think, at that time. And um, I was like, shit, I got, some, I got some growing up to do anyways. You know what I mean? And uh, it, it, was, it was really tough because I'm used to toting the rock uh, sure. and, and toting it a lot, you know. And, you know, I, I felt like the more I got it, the, you know, the better and stronger I got, you know. But the way – your dad had it set up. We threw the ball 60% of the time, at least. So mm-hmm. it didn't matter. You talk about those numbers, man. Coach Walton was finding a way to get that rock out to me, you know, and and and, and less harm out, outside than there is inside. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah. that was that was okay with me right there, man. It was um, you know, and he he knew, man. He he had a plan for me. And I, you know, and it's my fault for not getting back in time. Even if I got back in time, I'd probably still have been wide receiver. We still had Artie Haynes. You know what I mean? Uh, I might have, I might have had seventy catches though, because I don't think I played that much my first two games. Uh, but if I'd have got there a few weeks earlier, man, shoot, who knows how many times Aaron would have found me early in the season? You know, right? Uh, but um, at the same time, though, man, it was it was great because that that helped me when I made the transition to Penn, to, to wide receiver at Penn State. You know, even as a tailback, you know, we he sent me in motion, throw me the ball. You know, I, I you know we we were do, we were all over the place. It was. It had to be impossible. We're talking about those guys coming to scout us on Saturdays. It had to be impossible to scout us offensively because we did so much stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? We did so much motion. We did so much, you know, me out wide, you know, nobody. It, I mean, at that age, at that, for those kids, it was had to be impossible. And teams probably had to line up and play a base defense, couldn't do too much crazy stuff. They're going to get, they get lit up, mm-hmm. you know? And so, uh, the fact that I did play wide receiver, knowing I'd have to play wide receiver because already being there, it helped me out a lot moving forward and you know my, in my career as a football player for sure um so junior year uh we've talked about 12 and 1 uh we run the table again go into the playoffs and um we win our first two and then we got margaretta uh for the final four down at bw finney stadium and uh any any regular season game that jumps out And the reason I ask that is one of the things I want to sort of get your, um, get your thoughts on is how early on when you arrived, did you sort of understand or gain sort of the grasp of what that rivalry game against university school was? Oh man. Wow. Oh man. Let me see. Um, 
It was it was early. It was definitely early. Um, the reason being is because I, I I went to visit university school. Yeah. Before I I visited Hawkins School. I know universities. It was a, it was a, it was interesting for me because when I was playing for Warrensville, I was playing a baseball game, and one of the parents from U.S. got there really late, not late, second, third inning of the game, and I was pitching. It was a parent, and I think he was also the athletic director at university school. And uh, he sat in the stands, and he asked one of the parents, how are we doing? One of the parents said, and, and I know this because one of our other parents, Stanley Miller's dad, was sitting in that section, and she, he didn't know that he was actually with Warrensville. He was in suit and tie. You know, he's a big executive for, I think it was Ohio Bell back then. You know what I mean? And so his athletic director slash parent didn't know that one guy there was w- with, with us at Hawkins, I mean, with uh, Warrensville. And so they asked him how we, the U.S. University School was doing. And the parent was like, well, not very well, man. This guy on the mountain is mowing us down. He's <laughs> killing us. And uh, he said, yeah, well, I bet he has an IQ of 10. So that was his comment. So that point right there, X, university school off my choice of schools that I was going to go to. And Hawking was the obvious choice. For one, they had girls. You know what I mean? And two, <laughs> they had a winning tradition. And so I knew that I hated university school from the beginning, but then I got to Hawking and I knew that everybody hated university school. So that made it even more exciting for me to go in there and whoop their ass. You know what I mean? In every single sport, they beat us. I'm every sport, this, yeah. Every single sport. We lost to them in one, we lost them in baseball one time. I think we were like still like seven and one against them in baseball, but we beat them in track, basketball every three years, football every three years. We, we, we dust their ass up all the time and they can, all, they can blame their athletic director for all that whooping that we put on their ass. <laughs> That kind of that uh, that chalkboard stuff is uh, it's real. Yeah, like that mo- that motivating factor that is real. It, it it really is, man. And now it's even worse. You know, you can you, you can get a tweet right now. Danny Walton said, "What about me?" Yeah, what? you can find it what? anywhere at any time. <laughs> and right now, right, you you just got off the field. You're like, damn, you come out of the shower and everything is viral. Like, damn. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> that Cam Newton video is all over the place right it now. Is. It just happened yesterday. You know oh my thing? goodness. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. Bulletin board material was serious when people were reading the newspaper. You know, seeing little clips. You know, and hearing little clips here and there. You know, it's more reading it because, you know, we weren't on TV. We were on TV a lot, you know, towards the end. But everything you heard and saw was in the newspaper, in the News Herald, you know, in the plane dealer. You know, getting all that getting all that notoriety that way was what it was about. But then when you hear people talking, you keep talking. We hear you. You know what I mean? We hear you. And you're going to feel it, you know, come Saturday afternoon or Friday night if we come to your place. You know what I mean? So it was uh, it was it was great, man. But. That rivalry with U.S., man, was second to none. I got some good friends. You know, I play basketball. I'm still great friends with guys that went to Warrensville with me, like George Mixon and we met Smith. You know, Doc, Dave Strong's a doctor down here. I talk to him all the time. He played basketball. All those guys played basketball at U.S. And I love talking, you know, talking shit to them still to this day. You know, they hate the fact they never got any wins against us. Never. Not a one, you know what I mean? And it's, it's frustrating, but there's nothing they can do about it now. They're all 51, you know? So, <laughs> <laughs> and they, none of our kids go there. So, but yeah, man, it was, uh, it, it was great, man. Just whooping up on them, man. And, you know, and I know they had to make some changes to try to keep up with us and catch up with us. And I know, you know, some probably, in my opinion, probably shady stuff, man, going to get a little more recruit. You think about us though, Danny, we didn't, 
me, Marcus, Will, Owen, Mel, we weren't recruited to come there to play football. We were, we were, we came there for a better education. My mom sent me to Hawking for a better education, man, a better shot at life, man. And she wanted me to, you know, her, her boss at the bank daughter went to Hawking and she saw, you know, what I, the education I was getting at Warrensville, which is good, but she wanted me to get a great education and football just happened to be a, a benefit you know what I mean? A blessing along the line, along the way with getting a great education, man. So when you look at schools that are out there getting these athletes and they've got separate programs for the athletes and the regular students, and we know what they're up to. That wasn't Hawking, man. Hawking was like, you're going to have to bust your ass. And they give you all the help. It was tough. I really thought I was going to go there and play ball. And you know what I mean? And I was already a straight-A student in Warrensville. But, man, that's my first time I ever seen a blue book. What the hell is a blue book? I got to write an essay. We're having a multiple choice. We're having all this, you know what I mean? Hell, Hawking was a was eye opening, bro. That <laughs> was eye opening, man. But it was it was great. My mom, that's what my mom wanted, and that's what we got, man. And we got uh, we we got the most out of it at times, man. There were times too, you know, that Hawking wasn't the best place. Um, I thought the fact that we were athletes, you know, gave us a little bit of, of a benefit. And most people at Hawking are athletes. I mean, we had no, we had no cheerleaders. We had no band because everybody was doing some type of sport for the most part. You know what I mean? Um, but I do think that they kind of put sports on the back burner. You know, we, we, I've talked about it a lot. And me and Mel and I have talked about it in this book, Honest Renaissance. And, you know, they didn't want it to look like a sports school. You know what I mean? It was frustrating to me. And that's pretty much what pissed me off about Hawking more than anything. The football success was great, but the way the administration and everybody else treated it towards the end um, made me not want to be back at Hawking, you know, much more. Uh, I want to be there for your dad. You know, I miss my induction, but I want to be there for your dad. But, uh, you know, that left a really sour taste in my in my mouth with, with Hawking, man. And, you know, I look at these kids now, you know, I, I know Hawking, you know, one of the biggest signing days probably in our school's history. And they got me in the corner in the library. You know what I mean? Because they don't want it to look like we closed school down just to. Right. You know, kid, you know and for know. some reason, and only they would be able to answer for themselves. But why administration would worry about having these great moments for their students? Like it's going to somehow trump and change the narrative of what type of school it is. That's just right. unfortunate. I'm going to tell you, man, because I look at these schools down here and I look at St. Thomas Aquinas. I look at American Heritage. They're like small colleges, man. And we the guy, they're to beat the brakes off of us. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, but they're, they're but they, they, they show these kids get, it's kind of like Nick Saban at, at Alabama, but these kids in high school, they show these kids signing to go to these big schools. And then now you got other kids that are wanting to come there. My son went and played at St. Thomas, not because, you know, St. Thomas came for him. We want to be a part of that. You know, we want to be a part of that. And it was great. He went there, you know, and, and got great grades and, you know, got a baseball scholarship. That's what we want to be a part of. And, you know, to for us not to be able to showcase the fact that we got a great program, a great head coach and your dad, Cliff Walton, man. I mean, it, it hurts recruiting. Without recruiting, you don't have to go get kids. Kids are want to going to come there and be a part of it. Your you success I mean? and how you do things right. Absolutely, man. Yeah. Absolutely. So that that's still me and Mel and you know even Mark. We talk about that to this day, man. And that's one of the most upsetting parts about. For sure. Uh, no, that that's. I, I wish we would have been able to do things differently and do it the right way, the way that uh, you and the rest of the uh, crew from the '80s deserved. Yeah, deserved because yeah, I was that's a missed opportunity and that, that's an experience you only get once. Correct. You so. never get that back. No, you don't. Um, so you in 86, that 
that team was the first playoff team for the program. And week one of the postseason, so week 11, uh, we have Grand Valley. So first win in the first game of the postseason. Um, and then we move on and have Wyndham mm. and then Margareta. Yeah. Wyndham was what, 7-6 we beat them? Some, some 8-6, I think, eight, even. Six, but eight, yeah, six, right, right we never there. Had extra point. We don't kick extra no. point. No. That's how we lost to Margareta. <laughs> 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 Trying to kick a damn field goal. That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, it has to be really dire circumstances to yeah. trot out the yeah. field goal attempt there, right? Yeah, it was uh, it was rough, man. I, shit, missing that that field goal, man. It's like, what we're doing? What? First of all, you know, I had Coach Moses's like square toe shoe. We're never going to kick. You know what <laughs> I mean? So how the hell, you know, you're going to rush out the field goal team? It's going to take me three hours to put this damn boot on to kick with this square toe shoe, so I couldn't put it on. So I had to kick with the damn Puma Rocket Plus that I had on. You know what I mean? Actually, it wasn't even that. It was a Puma because we were on turf. It wasn't even the Rocket Pluses. It was a turf shoe, I believe, right? Yeah, so, we uh, we I think we like rented uh, turf shoes from right. BW. That's BW right. had this little like shoe co-op for for teams that were coming in for one game. <laughs> so so yeah, missing that kick wide right a little bit was uh, still stings to this day, man. Uh, but yeah, that was uh, but that that's eight to six game. Eight to it was that was remember I remember that eight to six game. Remember how cold it was? Oh my goodness, dude! We had went out and got like soccer gloves and all kinds of stuff. We had the heater on the side that people were like busting their. It they weren't they weren't as, gloves, which right. any football player would say. Oh, he had a pair of football gloves. He had Newmans or he had you know right. whatever. <laughs> These things were closer to like scuba gear gloves. Exactly right. They looked like there, garden gloves. Kind there was of no breathing. <laughs> And they were basically neoprene. And like anyone who took their glove off at the end of the game, their hands looked like they were submerged in water Walking for two for hours. hours. Yeah. They're all pruned up and <laughs> off colored white. And <laughs> oh, it was, I couldn't wait to get on the bus for that one, man. It was frigid out there, man. That's the coldest game I ever played in right there. And I think in that game, I'm, 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 I want to say in that game was the game, the week, that week it was cold all week too. And I'd gotten, I had like pulled a, a groin muscle or a stomach muscle that that week because my dumb ass went to the bathroom in the woods. It was cold outside. And then I went to go run and I pulled something. You know what I mean? Like all I do is go to the bathroom right there. You know what I mean? And I so I was I was hurting that game, man. I was that was that was a tough game right there. And not to mention the fact that the weather was rough. Uh so yeah, it was a, that was a double win. I'm glad we got through that one. I'm glad we got through that one. For sure. So that 12 and one season, we end up uh, falling short to Margareta. And so we go into the 87 season. And if we didn't already have so much attention in the area on us from that 86 um, campaign, the 87 season starting up and for a school our size, we're getting more attention than most of the big schools in the area. Yeah. And rightfully so. A lot a lot of returning personnel. Um, the train is moving, the momentum is going, um, tons of success. And so that, that season was about beefing up, like you had mentioned earlier, beefing up the schedule. And so Tom Bryan, the athletic director and my dad got what at the time were supposed to be sort of more, uh, more quality opponent. And it just, it didn't show when you look at what the scores were of those games, um, so a nine and one regular season, uh, 
we don't have to talk about the WRA game, but I would be <laughs> I would be interested to hear what your sort of impressions were because I know that they are going to be very similar to anyone else that I've talked to that was at that game. Yeah, you know, we got hosed. You know, we did one thousand percent. We got we got hosed in that game. They know it. You know what I mean? They can say whatever they want as they're picking up their kids, you know, to go home. <laughs> grown ass are, men. Are you saying those be, PGs are a little too old? Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> exactly right, man. You know, and you know, for them to call back, I think three touchdowns that game for us. Uh, you know, and for them to get that win was that was that the seven to six game? What was that final? Seven to six. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Um, they know they got hosed. You know what I like most about it all, Danny, is that the plane dealer showed that we got hosed. You know, <laughs> I, I read that article on the plane dealer afterwards, and they were like, you know, they really put it out there that, you know, we had this touchdown callback, that touchdown on some BS. We we played a really good game, and we had one one mistake on offense between the, from the secondary, our secondary. I, I take, take credit for that. But our, our secondary gave that long touchdown, like 70-something yards. But then you look at it. It was like 150 yards total offense and over 300-something yards total offense and three touchdowns called back. So they know that we got hoes, man, you know? And it was uh, it was an absolute joke, man. Uh, but I'll tell you what, fired us up, bro. We're pissed off, man. You know, we we should have been undefeated that season again. And, uh, you know, and it just gave us momentum headed in towards, you know, what we had to get done, man. But that was a bunch of BS, man. And it pissed us off. And and, and, the, and the rest was history that year. And I'm going to tell you this. We, we can, we'll continue talking about the rest of that season, man. But we we should have won it all. And, you know, we should have won it all. But uh, that game right there uh, with those grown-ass men, we, we whooped their ass. And they still, you know, and they're, they're probably still talking trash about it. I had some guys, man. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you a quick story real quick, man. I, got, I had a guy. I want to say about 15 years ago, lived down here and he was talking about, he was bragging to his buddies that, yeah, I beat OJ in, in, in high school. My team beat OJ in high school. And I'm like, who the hell is this dude? You know? So I ran into it, right? This dude's guy, he's a big money guy down here. And he's like, uh, yeah, man, we beat you in high school. I said, well, what school did you go to? He said, I went to Perry. I said, man, you didn't beat me in high school. <laughs> I don't know what the hell you talking about. And I said, look, we had three losses. And I said, and you definitely were not one of them. I promise you, you weren't one of them. You know what I mean? And he said, yeah, we were. I said, well, I'll tell you this, man. I'm going to give you two weeks. I said, let's bet some money. We bet we bet 10 grand. <laughs> I knew I'd won. I knew, Danny. I knew. Shit, I wouldn't. I, I, I want to make it comfortable for him. He's a big money guy. I said, I bet you 10 grand that your school did not beat us. And here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you two weeks to prove that you guys beat us. You know what I mean? And so – Two weeks passed by, three weeks passed by. I didn't see this dude for like six weeks, and I run into him. I said, you find that proof? He said, no, nah, I couldn't find the proof, but I know he, I said, man, please. I know you didn't beat us. We lost three games, and you weren't one of them, man. You were not one of them, man. And so uh, I even showed him an article where it said, Perry gets McDuffie to death. You know what I mean? <laughs> like It was like they made a verb out of my name. I beat him. You know what I mean? It was like, come on, dude. You, what are you going to do? This is ridiculous. So he either believed this lie because it has been told so many times or he's been concussed that badly mm -hmm. <laughs> exactly right man so we settled on a court i, I said to me you know pay my give me 500 right now go pay this bill right here it's time <laughs> we're good to go man so it was good to go man but uh, yeah so those losses man we remember them all and we 1000 percent we remember that wra loss like it was yesterday and i see you know it's a daytime game as well they played like we did it was yeah. a saturday afternoon game and uh 
You know, I, I see us scoring and getting it taken back. I see them running that long one down. I think it was like a 72-yard touchdown and scored on us, which is unheard of. With our speed, with Owen's speed and Mark's speed and Will's speed, my speed, you know, for somebody to go that far, that that long on us, man, that was that was hard to come by. But uh, it happened. Well, there were too many. Yeah, there were too many plays that uh, the result of the play was seen before the flag was thrown. It was almost like they were waiting to see if it was going to be a big gain, gain, and then we'll we'll let that phantom flag get tossed. Correct. Yeah, there was yeah a few a few gl- of those, man. I'm, I'm glad that you said uh, how much it motivated you guys losing that game because going into that season, that could have been the type of game that sort of trips you up and becomes two. Because I think the following week was the university game, so that could have very easily been that. I had I had been told that that actual game tape was not watched the following Monday. That my dad and the rest of the staff decided we're not going to watch it. We're going to move on. We're not going to dwell on this loss. We're going to keep going because we've Smart. got plans yeah. that are more than just this little hiccup. Yeah, and, that, and you know, I don't remember that being the case, but that's probably wise because we can sit there and bitch and moan about it again. You know, oh, that wasn't a hole. Yep. Oh, that wasn't this. That wasn't that. You know, it was definitely time to turn the page, man. But I tell you, man, you, I, I'm, I'm sure that we went out there and the, the practices were sharp and crisp and, you know, weren't even going to – you know, don't give them a 50-50 opportunity to call a flag in these situations. You know I mean? Go out there and make these plays. You know, and, uh, man, from then, man, I mean, we we were always such a disciplined team, man. And for us to be beaten on penalties, it wasn't us. And that that tells you how much of a homer job it was, too. You know, we don't we don't beat ourselves. We never beat ourselves. You know, uh, if the team is a little better than us, so be it. But we never really beat ourselves, man. And and so that that, that told me right there that, you know, that, you know, we we got we got hoes and everybody. Everybody knows it. Maybe WRA doesn't feel that way, but the rest <laughs> of the, you know, Cleveland area knew it that day for sure. So the regular season finishes up nine and one. And before we get into um, talking about the four opponents that we had in the postseason, um, I want to ask you about um, a decision that you made to make some red towels for your teammates. <laughs> and I want you to tell the listener uh, where that idea came from and what it all uh, sort of looked like in the final form. Yeah, man. Well, I still got mine. I still have my my towel somewhere. It's in my mm-hmm. trophy room. Um, but, man, you know what? What I love most about that is, you know, we had a lot of guys that weren't flashy like I tried to be. You know what I mean? And they still wore their towels. You know what I mean? They wore their towels anyway. So what I did is I made towels for the whole team and the coaches. You know, I, I was uh, – and I'm still, I'll tell you this, Danny, I'm still crafty on the sewing machine. I believe it. I'm still crafty yeah, on the sewing machine. Yeah, my dad told me you you totally stitched that yourself. You do. I totally, right? man. I totally, <laughs> uh, you know, my mom and my, my and Marcus and his mom, they, you know, did a lot of cutting stuff, but I, I did it all on my sewing machine at home. You know what I mean? And I sold, uh, shit, what is it? It's got to be like 40, 45, 50 rags. With coaches, of, yeah, 45, I bet, yeah, would be a yeah. pretty good guess. How long did yeah. that process take? Was that something that you did? following week 10 going into that first round or was that right it was two two days two days okay two two nights really because you know I mean I was going to school but the two nights once I got it all cut out man and once I got past the first couple you know it was it was easy selling from then you know the the hawk I made I had to cut it out in two different parts you know it was two different two different um two different uh what what uh, whatever they are 
to, it was in two parts. So I had to cut it and then I had to butt it up together and then I had to iron that on. Then I had to sew the rest of it, sew the belt loop in. Man, it was, it was fun, man. I was so hyped to go, man. You know what I mean? <laughs> I was, I was, everybody had to get the rags going, man. And, uh, you know, to be able to put the numbers and the hawk on them, man. They were so, sharp. Yeah. They, they were that was really the one sharp. thing, too, that I liked about it, man. It was pretty much, you know, your number and the hawk and, you know, and, and, and let's go. And everybody continuing with what we talked about with our i was looking for the word stencil earlier that's the word i was looking for yes two different stencils that i had to put together um well you you talked about earlier about how sharp our uniforms were i thought it was just another little you know addition to those those badass uniforms that we had man and um you know and everybody embraced it everybody wore the rags man and you know it was a statement and like we talked about before when you do stuff like that you better go out there and play well and the team went out there and played well. You got a guy on your team that talks trash, everybody else got to back him up. That's yeah. kind of like talking trash, and everybody else backed me up on that. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. So week one of the postseason, Petersburg-Springfield. Uh, week two was a rematch against Chagrin Falls. That was a week one opponent as well. Um, so seeing them a second time over at Mentor High School. Yeah. Um, they hated that. Right? They hated that. They didn't. They, they saw what happened in week one, and, you know, they definitely didn't want to see us again, and they, but they did. They thought, uh, they thought going into that game that if they put every one of their efforts towards stopping you, that they would get the result that they wanted, and it turned into Dave Hankel's biggest That's first half yep. of the year. He was yep. running traps for days <laughs> and nights. <laughs> As coach, man, coach put us in that position to win, man. You want to stack it, and not going to talk about Dave's – Quickness was, you know, underestimated, man. And then, boom, quick hitter, yeah. and he's gone. You know what I mean? Go ahead. All eyes on me. It worked out perfect, man. You know, and I think, I mean, so many guys contributed in that game, too. But Dave had a monster, monster hat. Yes, he awesome. did. Yeah. So we're going back to the state final four. We're going back to the exact same location yeah. at Baldwin-Wallace. And this man. time, instead of playing on a cold Friday night, we are playing a Saturday afternoon with some sun, and we're playing a school from Western Ohio, about as west as you can get before Indiana, uh, called Archbold. Yeah, and uh, that game sticks out as far as all of the years of film and games that I, you know, watched either in person or or on uh, VHS. That that's one of the best. Um, that was a huge moment in program history. Uh, the game itself was fantastic. There were so many huge plays from it. You talked about how well um, we traveled and how many fans came to our games. That was quite impressive how many people rolled down to uh, Baldwin-Wallace to come watch us play. Um, what was it like to play in that Final Four game on, on, at the time, the biggest stage that we had seen and to be able to play in a game that we could uh, – punch our ticket to go down to Columbus. Man, that game was so much fun. And that game right there was so, so much fun. You know, and a, a hell, of a, hell of, a, of an opponent, man. I mean, I, you know, no matter what, you get to that stage of the, of right. the playoffs, man, everybody's good. They don't, you don't yeah. get there by accident. And if, if even if you do, you know, you've gotten on a roll at some point because, you know, you, you know it's one and done at that point. But the success that we had in that game, you know, to go up, I'm not even sure how it went in scoring. I know we scored first early. It's kind of back and forth. I know they scored to tie it up at, what, at 14. Um, 
But then it I might, remember it might have even been 14-0 us, and then they came back 14-14 on us. Yeah, they came back scored two on us. Okay, uh, I know. I know. I had a I remember having a long touch out the middle. Uh, I don't remember how the other one happened, but then I do remember the drive. You know, the drive was so special, man. Everybody getting involved. Um, it, it was so much fun to you know to go down the field. You know, everything was working. The plays were working. Coach was calling the right plays, you know, and then to be able to catch that game winner on that, I think it was a quick out, you know, in the end zone. And to know that we were headed to Columbus after all that we've been through, we were headed to Columbus, man. That game was outstanding. And you're right, man. The fans, you could hear it. It was so, it was packed. It was loud. No, no better student section than, you know, Hawking when we're coming out to Hawking football games, man. You know, we, we, you know, it started before I got there and it continued, man. But, you know, those guys came out and boy, were they noticed by us as players, man. Cause I remember that making that catch and the crescendo of yeah. yells that I heard was like, it was deafening, you know, and it's an open stadium. It's not like it's like a, a dome or something. Like it was like, and it was so loud, man. And just that feeling and seeing that picture, I see, I've seen it, uh, I haven't seen it recently, but the picture in the plane dealer with me, like, you know, with my arms out and like, we know we're going to, to Columbus. Yeah. I and mean, it was just special, man. But what I love about that is, man, how everything just worked out. We picked them apart all the way down the field. Wasn't a big play at the end. We're like, boom, 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 methodically moved down the field. And then to get that touchdown at the end, man, and know that we were headed to Columbus, man, it was just uh, finally, you know, they're going 10 and 0 and not making it, you know, missing a field goal the next year before going to the States. And then getting that opportunity to finally go down and man, it was, uh, it was outstanding, man. It was so much fun. Um, and, uh, you know, it's a lot of times, man, where you do two minute drill, you know, and, you know, and here's the thing about us though, too, Dan, and you know, this, we, we had very few opportunities to do two minute drill, especially at the end of a game. We were winning big a lot, you know, we That's were right. up a lot and didn't really get into it. So whenever we, one opportunity or two, we got, you know, especially that one, we were able to go down there and, and make it happen. So that was that was fun. That was a lot. Of, that was way too much fun right there. Yeah, I remember the the clock hitting zeros and just running to the midfield with all of the players. And mm-hmm. at, at some point, Steve Arnoff grabs me and like puts me up above his head and, <laughs> you know, just celebrating with the guys out there and how how special that moment was because of what it took leading up to that moment. But yeah. then knowing we still had that one more and that's what you what that's what you guys were working with such focus for yeah but unfinished business man you know we'd uh we've been to that step before we didn't cross it the year before but you know all we cared about man we were the talk of the town we were the talk of the state you know you don't just get into the championship doesn't doesn't matter man you got to win it all you know and that's how you that's how you back it up we you know I know we're going to talk about that game too, man, but that's how, that's how you back it up, bro. It was one of those games, man. Fun. I'm not, that was fun, man. I just, yeah. Hawking, Hawking sports, man. We had, I had a lot of fun. And I, I'm going to tell you, there are a lot of different sports I played there. As you know, I talked to people and they're like, man, you played this and that and this. And I said, yeah, I played four sports in high school, you know, played baseball, doubleheader, wouldn't jump between games to get my track, you know, stuff in. And, you know, but there was nothing like playing, playing football. For Coach Walton, man, and, and going out there and you know finally getting to that, getting that opportunity to win it all, you know, after that game, it was it was a lot of fun. 
So the lead up of heading to uh, Columbus, getting out of school early, having a little bit of a special schedule that week to accommodate. What? They let us out of school early? What? Hawking <laughs> let us out of school early? Shocked. They didn't make us go like an hour before the game. I'm, just, I'm sure Tom and my dad had to probably work, work hard for that one. <laughs> and so the parents put together, or maybe it was the parents, maybe it was the athletic department. I'm not actually sure. Get the uh, charter bus all set up. That makes it just a little bit. Yeah. Uh, extra special heading down. And so you guys head down to Columbus for a, uh, a championship matchup against Columbus Academy, a school very similar to Hawken in a lot of aspects yeah. and uh, playing on the, uh, the old turf yeah. at Ohio state, Off. not what, not the new turf. So any yeah. elements that get to be either really wet or cold, completely changed the track and unfortunate to us uh, that is what happened shortly a day before the game was to be played and so we're playing a team that is a little bit more downhill not as dependent on the athleticism and then you match up against us who has athletes all over the field left and right behind everywhere and this field is in a lot of ways like an ice rink. It was, it was a mess. Yeah. And it was just, a, it was unfortunate that that game couldn't be played in perfect elements to sort of see what it really would have looked like. Cause I think you and I both know how that would have gone, but you know, you play, you play the hand that you're dealt and yeah. we had to put up with that and uh, we came up on the short end. Yeah, man, that was that game right there. You know, I, who knows if we, Win or lose that game. If we have the weather the week before, though, I guarantee it's a much better competition for us. For sure. You know what I mean? I guarantee that our quickness and our speed shows up. We weren't able to use it. You know, we're a lot of misdirection we had. Guys are slipping, falling. Like you said, they're all downhill. That played so much into their advantage being downhill because there's not a lot of cutting, you know, and we we make people miss. Yeah, we were you know a mean? lot of one-cut, two-cut guys, and right. open field is our friend. Right, right. And so we're not going to – like we talked about earlier – I was bigger than my guards and center, you know what I mean? So we're not the biggest team. We're not going to overpower you, but what we will do those, we'll make you miss and we'll misdirection you. You know what I mean? Get our slots coming underneath, you know, on a counter or something like that, you know, misdirection. I remember slipping so many times on that field, you know, and, and no excuse, man. They, they came in their game plan. It worked better for them in their favor, their game, their, their style of game, you know, and they were coming downhill. And, you know, as a safety, I don't know, I probably had eight, nine tackles, and that's never a good sign. No. Safety has a lot of tackles, you know what I mean? Uh, so um, it's just bad all the way around, you know. And, man, to be in the, in the lights and, and, you know, in Columbus and, you know, playing for it all and to have that element situation, you know, no excuses. They beat our ass. They beat us 21 nothing. you know what I mean? Uh, but damn, we, we had a close a chance to play our, damn. you know, our style of football in that game. It'd have been a lot different ball game, and we know that um, they still might have beat us, you know. But damn, guaranteed, it, it came down to the wire for sure. Uh, and it, and it might have been the other way around because I'm telling you, we'd have ran them until their tongues came out of their shoes as fast, as fast as we were, as quick as we were. I wish they would have had to, to chase us down and run after us, you know, right. instead of just touching us down. We slipped half the time, man. <laughs> like I said, no excuses, but we, we really probably should. We really got in the ass for sure. So in, in the period of one week, we go from highest of highs after the Archbolt win to just crushing, you know, 
cry, crying and letting the emotions out on the field uh, down in Columbus, and it comes to an end. Um, a great run. And uh, in a lot of ways, just impressive all around for just the total effort of everyone on that uh, on that team of that year. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to tell you what, man, that game right there, man. <clears throat> well, after we after we lost, man, I remember being in locker room, man. The first thing I did was go up to your dad, man. And we shared the biggest hug and cry as because uh, we knew that was it, too. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it still makes me emotional to this day to think about, you know, how special your pops was for me, man, as a, as a man, as a, um, as a player, as a kid. And it's, it's you know, damn, man, I wasn't trying to Oprah up in here and cry. <laughs> but, uh, you know, that hug and that cry meant the world to me, bro. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I know what your dad meant to me in my development and, and my career and uh, as, as a man. And not just as a player, man, because he had he he had me prepared to go to the next level as a football player. But as a person, as a man, thinking about team first and everything about it, man, he he was that he was that guy, man. And you know that hug, man, it lasted. It seemed like it lasted forever, man. I know it wasn't that long because he still had to give the the old powerful speech, man. One of the greatest uh, motivators, consolers. Um, even when we won, you know, he knew the right things to say all the time, man. Um, I hear it all the time, man. People talk to me like, man, what a what a blessed career you had. You know, you played for Joe Paterno and then Don Shula. And I was reminding him, I said, don't forget Cliff Walton. You know what I mean? My high school coach is on that same level with these dudes in terms of, you know, the man, the respect, the, the, the what he demands from his players, you know, how he treats his players. You know, I had I had the trifecta, Danny. You know what I mean? I had Cliff Walton, I had Joe Paterno, I had Don Shula. Who the hell gets a resume like that, man, with coaches? You know what I mean? And so, um, you know, Coach Walton means the world to me, as you know, man. Your, your dad is the man, bro. And I owe a lot of what I achieved and, you know, where I'm at uh, just because of just the uh, the conversations, you know, the the motivations, everything about it, man, that, you know, that propel me to be the best person I can be on top of the best athlete I could be. And I'm going to tell you this, all the sports we talk about, I played in, 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 in school. I won one state championship and that was long jump. You know what I mean? Nobody, yeah. that, that was like my fourth sport, <laughs> but who was there, man? Who was there when I was doing my long jump? Your dad, bro. Yep. Your dad was right there, man. You know what I mean? And it meant the world to me, man. I, he's just a, a special, special man. And, uh, Man, oh, man, I, I don't know, man. My path, you know, and God bless my mom, man, for sending me the path that she sent me. First moved me to Cleveland, then moved me to Hawking, and then I get to meet Coach Cliff Walton, and, uh, you know, the rest is history, man. But, you know, it's uh, – I don't, I don't know where it would be if your dad wasn't in my path to where I'm at right now. I appreciate that. That's, uh, that's a special uh, recollection there. Thank you, OJ. I appreciate that. No doubt, man. You guys, man, and you're your young ass. All you youngins, all the little kids running around. So don't get you're not off the hook, bro. <laughs> I, I was just a little, I was just a little dude running around the program. Oh, no. I spent every, I spent every two a day from who knows when eighty five on. Yeah, 
Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so that was uh, that was probably that was a blast, but it was probably daycare just to get us out of the house from my mom. That's so right. We right? have a couple hours during the summer, but yeah. But listen, uh, the memories that my brothers and I have of being around the program and feeling that family environment so that you guys were like our older brothers. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that cuts down a little bit on the, you know, sort of like the, the superstar attitude of like, Hey, what did you think about, you know, player so-and-so who is really good at Hawking? It's like, Oh, him, I know him as a, no, a normal guy. Right. He's great. Right. Treats everyone with respect loves to have fun, loves to tell jokes. And so (laughs) just being blessed and fortunate to have that experience to be around the program in that capacity is just, I mean, something that can't be taken away from me. And I just, I treasure immensely. Let's take a pause for this week's Ask Coach segment. If you'd like to be a part of the Ask Coach segment, visit the I Went Down to the River Instagram account, and there you can submit your questions. This week's question. What was your favorite tradition? <laughs> we had a, I, I would say, first and foremost, we had a lot of traditions, and so that was, that was pretty nice. Uh, you know, the, uh, uh, what we call zonks, which were the, uh, the little hawks that we put on our helmets. Uh, we had certain criteria as a team that if we accomplished certain things in a victory, that we would get zonks, and we'd hand those out, and then they would put them on their helmet, and they had to put them in a certain spot. They just couldn't put them all over uh, the front or whatever. They, they had a pattern in the back that they would follow. And so those, uh, that was kind of a unique thing that we'd hand them out and then they'd get to put those things on and then they'd, uh, a successful year, you'd got, uh, uh, wins and we got zonks from those. And that was, uh, really, uh, really something very unique and it was very special, uh, to, to watch that play out. Um, but there are other things too, you know, I, uh, we would, uh, uh, at the end of every Thursday practice, because uh, I said that was a favorite part of the week too for me. But uh, at the end of the, the Thursday practice, we would have players would rotate this, especially the seniors. They would rotate through this and they would have play of the week. And it wasn't a play of the week that we were going to use in the game, but they would have some kind of funny, humorous formation motions or whatever. And they would run that play and we would uh, have the team in the end zone watching them go out and run that play before we went into the locker room to finish off before we went down the road and uh, <laughs> it was uh, it was always uh, always fun to watch the creativity of a unique play that uh, the players would put together and uh, like I said that was that was kind of unique the the other thing too is that we uh, and uh, boy I don't know exactly how long but uh, we had the tradition but uh, we had fudge and we would have somebody that would make some fudge um, some, some girls that were really, uh, uh, at the very beginning were really just connected to some guys on the team. They would make, make fudge and we would have that tradition of just everybody got a piece of fudge, uh, on, uh, on Thursday before, uh, before the, uh, Friday night game. And so that was another part of it. Uh, the other thing, uh, another tradition, because uh, there's a lot of great ones that we had, but uh, another tradition is that we would take dirt from our field. And when we went to away games, we had this sort of uh, tradition that we would have the, the captains and the team, uh, as we got to the field, we'd walk it off before we went in to got uh, 
dress the final preparations to come out for pregame, we would just always walk the field. And when we walked the field, we would take that, that cup that we had with our dirt from our field and we would uh, ceremoniously, we'd go put it in the end zone, go down the other end, put a little bit in that end zone, spread it apart, because we said that that's taking our field and making this opponent's field our own. And so we would uh, we would spread that out. Well, uh, lo and behold, uh, we, were, we were playing Perry, and uh, uh, they had just created a new uh, school, but also a new field, and the, the field was artificial turf. And uh, I remember not even realizing that uh, we went out and the players we were claiming the field before we were going in the locker room to get ready for the game. And uh, the uh, players gather in the end zone. They start putting some little dirt around here or there. And then uh, the athletic director saw this and came out, and he was quite upset that we were putting dirt on his turf. And so uh, so we had a we had a we had to change that uh, tradition. And uh, <laughs> when we went to the uh, turf fields, we uh, – we, we couldn't do that the way. And so what we used to do then is we would uh, change that. We'd take some water because uh, right next to our, our field at Hawken is a big water tower. And uh, uh, we would say, you know, the water, the dirt we used to take from the field to break it our own. Well, this water that uh, was in that uh, big water tower next to the field was something that uh, – we would uh, take some water from that, and then we'd go just sprinkle some water around. So we weren't going to offend anybody with artificial turf anymore. So, you know, we kept the tradition, but we had to tweak it a little bit to make it uh, worthwhile. And like I said, the uh, water tower was the source of our water, so we were taking part of us with us. So uh, that was uh, that was pretty much uh, uh, quite a special special tradition. And now back to the interview. All right, man, let's do a little two minute drill here real quick. Okay. All right. So I'm going to throw some time here on my phone and we'll get through here. All right. Can you diagram a play from your senior year offensive playbook? Ooh, can I? No. (laughs) What are you closest to your 40 time, your 800 time or your bench press? Uh, My 800 time. Can you name a song from your senior year game tape? Uh, Phil Collins, In the Air Tonight. That's a good one right there. Best player you played against? In high school? Oh, man. I, I want to say Dahl. Did he go to Scrim Falls? Big old defensive end for them? I'm not sure. Um, I'm not even sure. Yeah. And I didn't see anybody in our way, man. No, nobody was good enough to play against us, though. <laughs> yeah, right. How about uh, real quick? How about is there a college or a pro player that stands out that you're like, wow, that that guy was super special? Yeah, you know, there's a couple in, in, in college. You know, uh, I played against a guy, um, you know, Ryan McNeil out of UM, but in, in the pros, you know, obviously I went against Deion Sanders, who was impossible to beat. And Ty Law was my nemesis my last few years uh-huh. in the league. So those guys right there, man, I hate them all. <laughs> best teammate. You could take that as most talented. You could take it however you want, but best teammate. At what level? Let's, Any level? Let, let's go all three if you want, or let's just yeah, go pick yeah. and choose. Go for Marcus, it. Marcus and Mel, I got to go with my best teammates at Hawken. Uh, Terry Smith is my best teammate at Penn State. And then my boy Lamar Thomas at, at for the Dolphins when he came over, man, is one of my, my best teammates. For sure. Biggest hit received 
biggest hit you took? Oh, yeah. I took one against uh, Mark Carrier playing against uh, the Detroit Lions Sunday afternoon. <laughs> uh, it, it was dark, though. I don't know what happened. <laughs> it's still dark. <laughs> Split my chin wide open, man. Oh, and, man. Uh, yeah, it was it was ugly. It was ugly. All right, man. That takes us to two minutes. Thank you. Appreciate that. You got it, bro. All right. Um, we've talked a little bit about the similarities and the differences sort of between high school and college and college and pro. I don't want to, I don't want to spend too much time on this, but like, what would you, what would you consider maybe to be one of either the biggest differences or things that is most similar about that high school to college jump? Yeah. High school to college jump. I I think one thing that was, um, Similar, like we talked about a little bit, is, you know, the coaching that we went from. I went from, you know, great staff at Hawking, obviously, you know, um, with your dad being the head man and Coach Moses and the guys. A um, lot of discipline, a lot of respect, a lot of, um, lot of uh, you know, flawless type of football and, and the, the approach to the game, um, the work ethic. You know, was was the second and none, and and that was kind of the same thing. Obviously, when I went to Penn State, you know, coach, you know, Coach Walton and Coach Paterno, they demand a lot from their players on and off the field. You know, some coaches, you know, all they want to do is coach football. These guys coach life, you know, and that was uh, that was more important than anything. I think, um, you know, the respect that both of these coaches got, uh, you know, in their different worlds was was second to none. You know, and and so that was that was like a it was an easy adjustment for me going and here's the thing about it too. Coach Walton, your dad or coach Paterno, neither one of them cuss. Neither one of them do. They none of them, Joe yell at you for saying four letter words and you know, your dad's not going to use any kind of four letter words. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so it was like <laughs> that respect right there was just, uh, you know, it was great. Uh, I think the biggest difference though, was just the size of guys, man. You know, it was like, I remember talking to Eric Hamilton at a, at a banquet, before I decided to go to Hawking, I mean, before I decided to go to Penn State, and he's like, man, you you know, because Eric went there. He's one of the reasons I went to Penn State. You sure. Know? And uh, he said, you went to a small school like, you know, like me. How, what makes you think you can play at, you know, at Penn State? And my response to him was, because you did, man. You know what I mean? You were able to do it, so I know that if you can do it, I can do it, you know? And so, you know, that big jump, though, from from, you know, high school kids to some of them look like grown ass men because you you think about it. You know, college you went from a boy to a man. Yep. In college, you, that transformation happens in college. You know, and so that was uh, that was the biggest jump. The size, the speed, and you know, everybody's good coming from all over the country. Uh, you know, that was that was the, that was the big jump. And then of course to the pros, I thought you know okay, I played at these at a major college. Um, again, going from Coach Walden, Coach Paterno, Don Shula, be coaching second to none. You know, and, and, the, and the guys that, you know, that were coaching me were second to none. But again, the game changed. It, it got faster. I thought the college game, Division One, Penn State, like I talk about USC, Texas, all those teams we played against, U, University of Miami, Notre Dame, it was fast. It got faster. And, and, and it, everything changed in terms of, like, reading coverage, reading it that fast, you know, what's Danny expecting? What's, everything's happening so fast. And on top of that, you spent hours and hours and hours in the classroom learning, we'll, we'll put 30 to 40 new plays in a week, depending on what the team is playing. 
They're playing 3-4. They're playing 4-3. They're playing 46 bear defense. They play a lot of cover one, cover two, the two-man. Whatever it is, we got to put plays in and change up our playbook to counter all that, man. So the fact that you spent so much time in the classroom learning, you know, your, your opponent's weaknesses and tendencies, you know, I didn't beat anybody out there with size or speed. I beat them with knowledge of what they were going to play. If a team goes out there and they're playing 50% two-man when it's third and five or more or third and five to third and ten, I know they're going to play two men. I got 50% chance of being right. I'll take those odds. You know what I mean? <laughs> all right. I'll take those odds all day. You know, reading the guy in front of me, like I got a guy guarding, but there's always somebody else that's helping him. So looking through my guy and seeing where the safety is going to be. You know, Danny Marino was always great at holding the snap count just, just so they show their hand a little bit. They're going to buzz the two man, or is this guy safety going to shoot to the middle? Do I have one on one here? Do I have another guy that's helping him inside? Just like things like that were all the things that, maybe successful. So that didn't happen that much in college. In college, they're playing cover three. You see them in cover three. They're playing cover two. You see them already in cover two. So I can go ahead and run my route. But the stuff that had to happen on the run in the pros, because they were disguising it so much, you know, I had to count on that week in practice tendencies and what we did in practice to, to beat coverage. And it worked out great for me. So those are different things. And like I said, from boy to a man in college, you know, from, you know, and then in pros, the game got a lot faster and then the knowledge of all the other guys you're playing against or all pros was, was uh, unbelievable. So, yeah, it was a hell of a transition in all three levels. I bet. I bet. I can't imagine. Uh, I mean, that at the professional level, it's just it's about that scouting report and the prep that whole week because that's your livelihood. That's, all day. that's what you're doing. That's so your you're, job. Put, you're putting you don't everything book, into it. Yep, that's your job at that point. And that's one thing, too, Danny, I didn't talk about. You know, people don't. That's our job at that point. They say, well, you know, everybody makes excuses for players. Oh, he's got a, a new offense coordinator in every three. So what? Yep. That's your job. Mm -hmm. You're there. You're in that facility seven, eight hours a day. That's your job. I don't care how many coordinators. You, did the coordinator come in the middle of the season? If that didn't happen, <laughs> I don't want any excuses. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, hell, man. It's just sad. Yeah, man. It's your job. And, it's, and the guys that weren't professional about it, they don't last. They can have the most talent. But they didn't take it that serious. They won't last in the league. I don't care how, who it is. Yeah, you can skate by maybe at, for a little bit in college with just that raw, amazing talent. But when it gets to the league, those guys those guys are going to fizzle out if that's Man, all we had a couple guys. We be. had to put their name in the play so they knew what they were doing. <laughs> oh, jeez. You know what I mean? Because they were just that dumb. You know, athletic as hell. But you had to put their name in the play like, you know, Steve Wright motion. You know, come on, man. Dude, learn you it. You got to be kidding me. Spend some time, man. Learn it. That's it, that's it man. So you're talking about it being your profession. Let's uh, let's take a moment. Talk about what you're up to these days. Now that your playing days are over, what uh, what's keeping you busy? What's keeping the uh, sort of the the competitive fire going? Yeah, man. A lot of things are trying to. You know, I'm always competing. I, my kids hate it. We we play Monopoly around here, and I'm trying to win. You know, <laughs> we go out and court. We play a little horse. I'm, I'm trying to win. There's there's never a day that. I'm not competing. My wife and I, we play cards. I'm, I'm trying to win. She kicks my ass a lot now, but that's going to change. I'm, I'm feeling a little momentum coming my way. You know what I mean? Every once in a while, I'll have someone tell me like, oh, you let your daughter, I have two daughters. You let your daughters win? I go, no, no. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like they got to, I mean, what, because I have daughters or because I have kids? Like, what are you saying? And they're like, oh, no, you know, <laughs> you let your kid. No, like you're not, that's not what you're supposed to do. Like, no. That day when they earn it now. Now, now they know what's going on. 
They've got to earn every win around here, man. There is no, there's no hall pass. There's no freebies around here, man. And, <laughs> and they, you know, when, and, and it, it frustrates them sometimes. And I don't even care. My wife's like, uh, oh, you got to let, uh, let them nothing. That's not life. <laughs> this is, I'm teaching, this is life. This is a life lesson. Plus, I need these wins around here. I don't get very many wins in my house, Betty. You know what I mean? <laughs> me Everybody well. else, even the dog. You know, my dog gets more wins than I get right here. <laughs> you know what I mean? So. <laughs> exactly right but yeah but it's uh and so that's been it man the kids you know we're in real estate right now my wife is doing really well we're at compass realty and uh she's uh you know she's my new quarterback you know i've been doing it for three years now she's been doing it for like 18 years and uh she's she's just killing the industry man it's been we talked about a little bit off air that it's been hot down here it's good you know, business it's, to be in right now good business man and and so that's been that's been really good. We, you know, we're with Compass Realty. We're the McDuffie team, which helps out. We get a lot of opportunities. We are actually preferred realtors for the Miami Dolphins, which helps out a lot. We haven't gotten any of their big guys yet. We've been bugging them to get like the Tua's and the Van Noy's. We'll, we'll get those guys eventually. Um, but we've been helping out some of the practice squad guys with rentals and, and, and small places. And, you know, so we're very, very busy in that. I'm a part of the Miami Dolphins Alumni Advisory Board, so we help out players that need assistance with anything from from the smallest thing to the biggest thing, childcare to, you know, assistant living to and everything in between. You know what I mean? So um, that's a big thing for us. And then I run my foundation, Catch 81 Foundation down here in Miami, where, you know, we go out and we uh, provide resources for underserved, underprivileged kids that are in the Miami or Fort Lauderdale area um, through events like bowling or or halloween parties or toy drives uh things like that man so just staying busy in a community that i've, I've spent most of my life down here i was saying that the other day i came down here at 23 now I'm, you know now i'm 51 so i've been here most of my life i've been in south florida uh so it's uh it's home man and i and they've embraced me down here in this community so uh it's imperative like my mom said you've been given so much it's imperative that you give some back and that's what it's been about um, is there a, is there a location that anyone can go and get a little bit more information about that catch 81 foundation of yours? Yeah, we're at catch 81. Well, we're rebuilding our, our, our website right now. Okay. Um, but we're at catch 81 foundation.org. It's up and running. It just, it's not very active in terms of a lot, a lot of things going on, but that's where we're, where okay. our home is catch 81 foundation.org. Awesome. And, uh, and the fish tank. Yeah, I forgot about that. How did I forget about the fish tank? You got a lot of things, man. You got a lot yeah. of things. Fish tank podcast, man. It's uh, We're on the Miami Dolphins podcast network, and um, it's it's been great. We've been doing it for like two and a half years, and we take some older players. And it's probably like Danny. I got a, we've got a recording tomorrow, and I, I got to get some stuff from one of our old quarterbacks. And Danny's going to give me some information on a little bit in the quarterback room. Uh, Marino is. And, uh, but we talked to some of the former players, former staff members, former coaches, and we talk about, you know, things, football that aren't X and O's, things that happen in the locker room, happen on road trips, you know, that are funny. We just did a, you know, they just actually, the Dolphins actually just did a, um, a an animated piece with uh, Zach Thomas and Larry Izzo and how we haze them a little bit, you know, the rookie year at a golf course. But it's 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 so good. You got to check it out on YouTube, man. And they just did also we just did the one. And I think I posted a picture when uh, Danny Marino and uh, Jim Carrey were about to do Pet Detective. That was my rookie year. <laughs> and so was, I've got a picture of me, Dan, and Jim Carrey, my rookie year. But they did an animation of how Danny ended up getting that, that role in Pet Detective. So, But that's all been part of what the fish tank has been about. 
being able to go out there and tell these stories and have these guys on. And the guys have a black. We got guys that want to come back on, you know, and that's always a good thing when, you know, you get it's hard to nail guys down anyways for interviews. But when they want to come back on for a cameo and here's how we do it, Danny. We said, well, you know, Dan Walton said you did this. Then they want to come back on and rebut it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. they want you want, to, you they want, want the last word. That's right. Exactly right. <laughs> man. So that's how, we, that's how we roll it, man. Well, if there's any if there's anyone listening right now and they have not um, subscribed or tuned into the Fish Tank podcast that you're a part of, it is highly entertaining. So whether you are a fan of all things football, whether you're a Dolphins fan or whether you are a fan of uh, – OJ, it is definitely worth the listen. Uh, the stories that come out of those episodes are ridiculous. <laughs> I don't, uh, some of them, I don't even know if I could believe because, you know, just not being there. It's like you have to be there to believe some of them. They're right. so out- outlandish. <laughs> uh, the Zach Thomas one is probably one of the more, uh, more interesting episodes that you've had on. Oh man, the one you talk, I'm, I'm telling you, the one about him, you know, it was one of the first ones you guys buoy. did, like one of the first eight or 10. Yeah. 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 Him swimming <laughs> to the buoy, man, thinking he could get there and back in 15 minutes and realize he's out of gas and he's holding on to the buoy and the little crabs are biting at him and shit, man. And then he has to get rest. We almost didn't have the great Zach Thomas for many years. We almost lost him in the ocean, you know, in the Atlantic ocean. That would have been rough right there. Swimming conditioning is a little different than uh, football conditioning. Yeah, that's Dave Hinkle, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Anything else? Man, no, just it's been an honor to talk to you, man. And, you know, you know, I love you and the family, man. And, uh, you know, big ups to your pops, man. Like I said, man, he's on that Mount Rushmore. Me, you know, my first four coaches, Coach Homer McDuffie, Coach Cliff Walton, Coach Joe Paterno, and Coach Don Shula, man. And, dude, I, I couldn't ask for better tutelage. I couldn't ask for better coaches, man, and, and, and better uh, creators of men. Um, so man, uh, big ups to you, man, pops and the family, man. And this has been, this has been a lot of fun. You, you jog my memory on a lot of things. I, 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 I forget a lot still, you know what I mean? But when I get, when you give me those cues, man, I can, I can reflect and remember some things, man, and how happy I was or how mad I was or whatever it was at that time in my life, man. But I really appreciate this, man. It's been great, bro. Uh, it's been fantastic. Um, I'm, extremely grateful for you uh, coming on and sharing your experiences and your stories and for talking about your teammates. Um, like I've said, you, uh, you've always been just fantastic to the Hawking football program, to my dad and to my family and uh, very thankful for that. Appreciate that. Um, to the listener, I hope you enjoyed this trip down to the river with OJ McDuffie today as we retold the stories from the 85, 86, and 87 Hawking football seasons. Take care. Thanks for spending time with us today. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Tell a friend and spread the word. And until the next episode, like my dad always says, good night, Irene. <laughs>